Yas Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter at The Yas Brothers. Get all our content on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and SoundCloud at Ask Bros. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. We are going to win the fucking league, Brian. We're going to win the league. We I don't are. know about you, Ryan, but you know, in life, in life, and, and I apologize to our female listeners. In fact, I, I apologize to our female listeners, oh both for past indiscretions, but also I feel like I can put a, like a blanket future apology on Ryan. Like, a, like, yeah. is it possible? You know, Brian, you're married now, right? It is possible to have a forever apology. It's like, I don't need to apologize every day for being a piece of shit because you married me. And when exactly. you married me, you yeah. essentially entered into a contract that said, I recognize that you are a piece of shit. I feel like to go. be a subscriber to Ask Bros, there is an ongoing apology that's like, I am sorry for the quantity of dick jokes or the quantity of references to erections, assholes, and just general, you know, debaucherous low-grade human. So I'd like to put that, and maybe I should put that in the fucking disclaimer of the podcast, like at the start, instead of yes. saying followers, it's like, listen, at your own risk, and please do not be offended by the quantity of dick jokes. But, all right, you know in life, Ryan, how you get different types of erections, right? You've got, yeah. your, you've got your standard erection, right, which is just a, a, re, a regular old run-of-the-mill erection. It's useful and it's happy. But you know every now and then you get the bonus erection, the one that where you're like, that looks massive. Like there's a bit extra. Like there's an inch there. There's an inch of excitement. It's grown. It's somehow the, the, the biology of my dick <laughs> has somehow changed. It's put on fucking Iron Man suit. You know, it's somehow just better. Ryan, that was my erection after the Pepe goal. Oh, Ryan, okay. My erection okay. after the Lacazette goal, right? The, the, the size, the additional girth that I had after the Lacazette goal. It was hulking, Ryan. That's how excited I was. I want to know how you felt, Ryan. Tell so me I, I, it's funny. I actually, I call those rage boners um, because... It, you know, having having a rage boner, it's it's multiple things. You could be rages and angry, get that angry boner, which it happens more than you, more than I'd like to admit, but more than you know. And then that rage boner because you're fucking just partying so hard and you can't help it, and you're just you're raging out, you're going crazy, you're, no strings attached, you know. This is this this some girl sucking my dick. Oh, I feel a little mustache on my on it. Yeah, I don't really, I'm not paying attention to who's sucking. It, it doesn't matter. It's a rage boner. Um, yeah, it's it, it's exciting, and you know, do doing what we did. Um, with, I don't want to say the odds were against us, but just like the shithousery that they did and the time wasting, the, the, the needless fouling and the complaining that they did. Um, it feels good because games like these are games we normally just lay down and die. And like, we got to the point with Arteta where we're, we'll score a goal and like, we'll, we'll nick the draw and we'll be like, yeah, like that's great. It's a win. We beat the wolves earlier. Like getting four points against the Wolves, who are like a really good team, especially defensively, uh, it's fantastic. But no, we took the whole fucking thing. Fuck you, Wolves. Fuck you, Darren. It feels. Uh... I've done just join as if I've been here all along listening. I haven't got a clue what you two have been talking about. So introduce <laughs> you. Say I've just joined Darren, the podcast. I started off, and I've got I to say, Brian, off. you can't call them the Wolves. We're the Arsenal. We're the only one that that works with. The Arsenal. You can't call them the Wolves. They're fucking Wolves. They're not. The walls, okay? Just a thing, just a point of order. Darren, you didn't miss anything. Um, I made a disclaimer at the top of the episode about dick jokes and made a future apology to all people who subscribe to us. And then I compared our win to one of those erections that you get, which is just where you look down and you think, that's a bit bigger than it usually is. That's a bit of an extra erection. And that was how I, that was how I felt after the Lacazette. You know, I looked down, Darren, and I thought, I'm impressed. In which I'm case, I wish I hadn't asked God. you to give me a recap on the show. Just carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, nice to need... see you again. How are you, mate? Are yeah, you all right? Good to see yeah. you. Good, good, good. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I 
I'm, uh, I'm, I, I, it is late on a Friday night here, so I have been out in the pub all day, and I forgot all about this, but thanks it's, for reminding me. It's okay, me. Darren. <laughs> we can tell from the quality of your hair at the moment that you're... Oh, my hair's uh, good. Look, I've got an Alice band in. I am doing yeah. a Jack Grealish at the moment. Look, 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 I can do it. Look, what, look that is shit. me at 56. Doing Jack Grealish, being shit, being overpaid, being not as good as a Mill Smith row. Are those uh, the three things that you're doing currently? I just thought good looking and... And uh, that's about it, really. There you go, Darren. I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about some things, Darren. Because, you can talk to me about anything you like. Because there have been some some moments amongst our cohort of friends, amongst the Ars Brothers, where you have said certain things, Darren. We're going to get top four. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And we have all said, "Shut the fuck up, Darren. You're a fucking idiot, Darren." Uh, why don't you fuck off and die, Darren? Fit close you know, to the mark. A lot of really, you know, a lot of really aggressive pelters that come out in our group, Darren. But it appears that we are edging closer and closer towards to I've ever your said, yeah. predictions of what we said and getting further away from our predictions, what we said. And not only that, but we're edging further away from what our ideas and, and by us i mean the rest of us not you but what our ideas of what arsenal could be this year and what your ideas what arsenal could be so i just wanted to give you a few a, a minute darren to maybe just bask in your own oracleness and um, and let us know how you let us know how you're feeling right now uh, show us your rage boner let's see it Show me and your I love that. That's erection. a new word for me, my oracleness. I mean, I know you've been calling me the oracle because I've even noticed you've been complimenting Cedric after I said a few kind words about him a few weeks ago. You know, he's not as bad as, you know, if you look down, do you know, we're all getting into this. If you look down, I, I, I don't look at many websites, but I, I get my sport from the BBC here. And uh, after every game, they rate the players. You know, the, the, not they rate the players, the supporters rate the players. And it doesn't matter how good a game they have, the bottom two are always Yaka and Cedric. Always. Mm. Arsenal fans vote on who are the best players in the game. And it doesn't matter how good Yaka is, it doesn't matter how good Cedric is, they're always the bottom two. And I noticed this week, Yaka was about eighth and Cedric tenth. <laughs> I mean, okay, the one behind Cedric was um, was uh, Eddie Nketiah, only had 10 minutes. So, you know, it, that was it. Eddie Nketiah, who only had 10 minutes, provided the assist for Pepe, ran his bollocks off and looked quite good. Our fans, Darren, our fans in general are so predisposed to certain ideas that you and Toby the same you remember this conversation just our last podcast that's why I was talking about Cedric you know I said that Cedric is, isn't as bad a player as you think he is he's a fantastic crosser of the ball he's just a different player to Tommy Yasu who we've yeah. all come in our pants over because he's the best right back we've seen for many yeah. many years or potentially yeah. and I put, and I put right this up Darren on Twitter where I said I think that we undervalue players who are coming in and out of the team. We undervalue or we undervalue how much of an effect that has on a player. A player can be a, a, a 7.5 out of 10 player, but there's very, very few guys in memory who are either one, very good at being substitutions and able to come in and affect games off the bench, or two, can actually play to their maximum capacity without a run of two or three games because it doesn't matter how much you're training. You cannot replicate in-match fitness and you cannot replicate the the relationships that you build on the pitch as opposed to the relationships that you're capable of building on the training. Yeah, your pitch. question's getting too long. I'm starting to tune out. Have you got your shirt <laughs> inside out, by the way? Ah, oh, you can't. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I did. I, that's what I thought. I definitely, yeah, I said that earlier. I just oh. knew. I'm showing an Arsenal shirt. We actually have a badge with a cannon on, not just an outline of stitching. <laughs> anyway, yep. I might Got be my wrong. shirt on. Got my shirt on inside out. Max, it, it doesn't matter. But I think where you're getting to, where we can cut to the chase is, you know, we can talk about players and we can talk about, you know, whether I am the Oracle and, 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 and I, I've been right. But let's, let's go back a little and just say that I, Mikel Arteta, um, 
you know, months ago, not that long ago, you weren't so complimentary. Um, Mike was on the podcast, not so complimentary. And I was saying, well, look, let's, let's give him the rest of the season. I was very much in that, let's give him the rest of the season. And I've said all along, it was a strange decision for Arsenal to appoint somebody with no experience. But are you starting to feel, Ryan, um, Max, are you starting to feel that he's he's got over his dodgy part. That you know he made so many mistakes. He really fucked about with Özil, made lots of mistakes. Bought Willian, bought Cedric. You know things that you sort of wonder if he's a manager who's come in and he's been offered money and suddenly he's panicking. Oh God, I've got to get asked all good. And that mm. first year was a bit of a mess. Are you both feeling now a little bit more like actually he's starting to know what he's doing? He's cleaned the club out. He's got. I the think Darren's. I think, the Darren, that we are, we've got what... I think that we've actually got what we should be getting out of a guy of his experience. You know, over the course of the season, he has improved. And I'll go, back to, some, I'll go back to something very, very oracle that you said mm-hmm. earlier on in the year. You said, he's a young manager. He's learning on the job. If we've invested and we've backed him, like it or not, we have to allow him to develop. And I think what we're seeing is, if the argument is, is Arteta a complete manager? No, of course he's not a complete manager because still he's a, a rookie in the scheme of, of the amount of games he's played. But the thing is, in any form of business, in any form of leadership, you have to allow people to develop. If you're going to go after that strategy where you're bringing in someone on a lower end and trying to put them into a into a structure then you have to allow them to develop. And I think what we're seeing, Darren, is he has made mistakes. He has learned from those mistakes. He was poor at substitutions. He appears to be getting better at his substitutions. He appears to be being more fluid, and he is developing with a team that is developing. So I see that as a as a, as a growth for Arsenal. And as long as he continues on this trajectory, I'm very happy. I thought he had a blinder in this game, by the way, Arteta. I thought he had an absolute blinder. And the game before as well, didn't he make some really good substitutions at Wolves? I mean, I don't mean the game before, the two games before when he were away at Wolves. The substitution of bringing Holding on to put five across the back. Yep. Suddenly, they could have attacked all day and they weren't going to score. You know, I just Ryan, you were uh, always very moderate on Arteta. Uh, but you've, all, you've been kind of on that middle line like a lot of us were, which was like, look, he's shit in some parts. I like other things he does. Are you now over the median line? Are you... Mm, um, yeah, I would say so. I mean, at the end of last season, I kind of had this rhetoric constantly just saying, you know, he's here for the long haul. He's not going anywhere unless we pretty much get relegated. Um, Cause I do believe that, you know, we talk about this project, this youth movement, and I do believe there is a youth movement, but I believe Arteta is the project here. I, I, I think board kind of went all in with him and they're going to develop him into being the new Arsenal hub, the new Arsenal Wenger that's not going to leave for 20 years and and constantly uh, get us in Champions League and have us stay there. Um, yeah, there were a lot of things I didn't like, uh, but now, you know, when you, when you look at things from as a whole, and hopefully with this Amazon documentary, we'll see a little more, but when you look at things as a whole, you think like, okay, like the things he fucked up on, like I understand. Like when you look back at the William signing, which I was probably the only one that actually liked it because I still contest he was probably one of the best pl- – he was probably the best player on Chelsea, and Chelsea were a better team than us that season. So it's like, okay, it makes sense. But you look at what he's trying to build, and he just wants – he wants seniority. He wants players that could show these young guys the way because he knew he was going to load the team with with young talent. He's going to load the team with youth youth. And he wanted those players that have experience, have trophies, and have them lead the way with, you know, Aubameyang, Lacazette. You know, we had William um, in that mix. And obviously, William didn't, you know, there's just situations where it just didn't work out. I don't think Arteta made, Arteta and Edu made the wrong move necessarily. Obviously, they did looking back, but I think the intention was right. Just, you know, it didn't pan out uh, the way they wanted it to with just William just not adapting to Arteta and, and and the way he wants to play. Um, and then you look at like his man management, which I'm still kind of shaky about. Um, but the, the way he man manages leaves a lot of people the wrong way. But when you look at it, when you're a new manager that's learning on the job and you're taking over a big club like Arsenal, you have to get everybody aboard. You can't have a Bamiang, 
uh, Lacazette, Ganduzi, all of them doing, I don't know what they call it in Australia, but uh, over here in America, they call it fizzy whippets. Uh, they call it hippie crack, I think, in, in the UK. Uh, but when they're out clubbing, we call it, all in, in Australia, uh, they're called nangs, N A N G S, oh. nangs. <laughs> that sounds interesting. But yeah, so you have, when, when you have like leadership and, and seniority showing Ganduzi, and at that time, we had Socrates, Mustafi, and, and you had all those players showing the young guys that were trying to bet in all these interesting things. Um, it's a little worrisome. So, you know, as one coming in and kind of, you know, putting their foot down, you have to either, either you're on the ship 100% or you're getting the fuck off. And, and that's Ryan, what happened. I am, and, and Ryan, I understand yeah. that because I've done it. So I yeah. have gone, so I, I've taken over a failing pub. It had a, a staff team that had been in there for a really long time, of which the two most senior people in that pub were the boss of the company's daughter and her boyfriend. Oh, and the pub right. was the pub was fucked, right? Culturally, it was fucked. And I walked in there and I think day two, I sacked her and day five, I sacked her boyfriend and I just cleaned out house. And I remember yeah. getting a phone, I remember getting a phone call from the the boss who was her dad and said well you've just marked your card so you'd want to fucking make sure you turn this pub around fast yeah you know so i i understand i understand that when you walk into an environment and you say this culture is fucked the only way you change the culture is by putting a broom through the joint and saying well no i'm I'm now going to go and i'm going to start bringing in people who have the right mentality and mentality is where i want to start with you darren because it wasn't, a, it wasn't a vintage performance. You know, I see people like Why Not Sentiment in here, and Why Not, we love you, we love yeah, you. We no, we don't. We, I think it's a camp. <laughs> Negative, miserable camp. Yeah, it's like all like, my positivity has overflowed, and he is the what is left. I think he does it just. It, to it's like, I it's think like he does I've it just come my load. He is what is left in an empty scrotum of negativity. Yeah. No, yeah. fuck yeah. him. Yeah, but you know, saying things like, "Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a middle table smash and grab," Darren. I would argue. Sorry, why not? Darren, I just I've just got a bit of Max rubbing all over me. Yeah, yeah. Darren, I would make an argument that. Go on, carry on. You want to do a sensible podcast? I can feel it. Go on. Well, I started off so unsensible, Darren. I've got to try and, and bring it back. The first five minutes was about extra erections, um, but Darren. When it comes to mentality, you know, this wasn't a vintage Arsenal performance. This wasn't an Arsenal City game in which we didn't get the three points, but everyone was waxing lyrical about the performance. This was a game where we did not look like we were going to score if we played four games. It was not going to happen for us. We could play until next month and we weren't going to score. And the mentality and therefore the leadership from the senior cohort of players, the leadership from people like Lacazette and talking about Arteta, the leadership of Arteta, that mentality shift to go and get a smash and grab and to get the two goals shows a huge level of resilience and mental fortitude. And I think that's something that Arsenal haven't had for an exceptionally long time. And that's the piece that is maybe the most exciting. Was there a question in there? Sorry. Yeah. Do you agree? Very long statement. statement. Do you agree with the statement? <laughs> yeah. Are you ex- are you excited about it, Darren? The, the the mentality to keep going. Can I just say this? I think last night was um, was pivotal in many ways. In that, uh, you're right. It was a, a, an interesting game in that we didn't dominate. In fact, I would say looking back at the highlights today, I was at the game last night, but looking back at the highlights. They had the better chances. You know, we did. We knocked on the door. We knocked on the door, yeah. but we didn't really create much. And when I look back at the highlights, the chances that look like half chances for them were actually very good chances. I don't know what the XG was in that game because I hate XG and never look at it, but I bet it was fairly even. Uh, what was different last night is that we deserved that, not for the players, not for the manager, but for the supporters. You know, we we have been really good in this, this season, really good. I don't know, I can't put my finger on it. I've mentioned it over the course of this season. There's something different at the Emirates this year. I think the fact that COVID has killed off and put off a lot of old people. And I don't mean that old people are bad. I'm old, I go to the game. But the fact that the the, the demographic has, has shifted five or ten years younger means that people like 
me, and I'm not one of these people, but people of my age who sit there and wait to be entertained. I'm not, I'm, I'm a singer. I'm somebody who's up there chanting. But a lot of people of my year and generation just sit there and wait to be entertained. They've been replaced by people 10 or 15 years younger who have got a voice. And then because of our two years of of, of terrible finishes and ter- nothing to get excited about, a lot of the miserable fuckers who got tickets Season tickets at Arsenal, I've now thought, fuck me, I'm not spending a £1,000 a year on this shit, and have fucked off. And I don't. the, the end result of that is that I would say that there's a 20% shift in our stadium that is just so positive now. And the negative voices, and there are still negative voices, are being drowned out by this positivity. It's an incredible, strange... You can hear Arteta keep saying, we've got the crowd, we've got to get the crowd back. The crowd are so involved. And yesterday was was a tipping point for me it was a that wasn't for the players that was for us fans we deserved a bit of luck we deserved to come off the pitch with 11 men we deserved not to get a fluky var decision against us we deserved a last minute victory and we got it and the strangest thing about last night at the stadium was when the final whistle went everybody was still there and two minutes after the final whistle I said to my mate, come on, let's get to the pub because we can get out because no one is leaving. And I've been, uh, you know, 50 years of fucking watching Arsenal. I always tell it to the end, I hate people leaving early. We could actually get out and walk out of the stadium without any crowds because everybody was in there clapping the players. That hasn't happened for 15 years. It's a great thing that's happening there. It's a great thing. Gives me hope that we can do what we said we were going to achieve this year. What I said we were going to achieve this year. Lovely. Ryan, um, Alexander Lacazette, right? The much maligned Alexander Lacazette. Now, I've seen so much shit on Twitter saying, oh, he's missing anyway. He'd fluffed his shot if we had have had fucking, what's his name? Volvanak, Valachuk. Dusan Vlahovic. Every week I fuck it up. These fucking people, like, oh, if we had have had Vlahovic, you know, he we would have been two up by this fucking time and this thing and that thing. And, Brian, Lacazette's performance across the entire game, Lacazette's performance across the last six weeks, Lacazette's leadership, um, the amount of running he's put in, he's run himself into the ground when it hasn't been going for him and the goals haven't been going in. When that goal goes in for him, did you think that the reaction from the team towards him said everything you needed to know about him as a character? Because it did for me. Because the 10 players were fucking elated for him. And I felt that the crowd was elated for him. And I've got a cheeky bet for you boys as well. Ryan, I'll come back to a question. No, I'm fucked at posing a question. I'll, yeah, come, yeah. I'll good, come back. Good to luck at finding the question in there somewhere, yeah, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> um, I reckon a cheeky bet, a good cheeky bet, and I know Darren likes a bet, is to put some money on Lacazette to score five or more goals in the rest of the year. I've just got a feeling that's the icebreaker. I've got a feeling that's what he, that he fucking needed. You know how they say one needs to go in off your ass, Ryan? Like sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. you just need one to go in off your ass. I get the feeling that that is like all of his pent up emotion, all of his effort, everything. And for a guy who is a leader like that to be able to snatch it in the 90th minute, in the what was it 93rd minute to be able to snatch it in the 93rd minute his reaction the team's reaction was so good ryan what 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 was your your feelings towards lacazette and where do you stand with him now with this this you know overflowing emotional erection that we all collectively have for him yeah i definitely go back and forth with lacazette uh the one thing i will say and i'll give him a lot of credit he definitely had the biggest rage boner out of all of us uh, that night. He, <laughs> he was elated to score that goal, and I, I, I was. I was happy for him. Um, yeah, I, I go back and forth because sometimes I watch him play, and it's like you're playing a game, and your little brother's trying to play, and like you could tell he's got talent, but everyone is just so much bigger than him, and he just gets bullied, and he just gets fucked off. That's Lacazette, and I also see him play where he's just connecting play. He's allowing these – you know, he's allowing Isar, he's allowing Martinelli, he's allowing Odegaard, um, he's allowing Saka just to 
do their freedom and, and do what they want to do and get into the box and be threats. Um, it's interesting. He's a, he's a facilitator. Yeah. That's what he is. It, that's what he's become. It's just, it's just tough because I don't really think his position is like a thing. Like he's not a striker. He's not a, he's like a nine and a half. We talked about, he's like, he's not a striker, but he's, he's also not a 10. Um, Cause I think you need a 10 still, you need an Odegaard, but then like you also need a striker. So if he was like the 12th man, like that'd be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think his leadership is just immense. And I've talked highly about uh, David Luis. And I know that's a name that not many people want to hear. Um, I, I stand by it. He was our best center back last season. Um, and, and granted we weren't very good. I, I'm not saying no, but um his leadership was was definitely is is I wouldn't say missed now with Lacazette, but it was something that all the players, all the academy players, constantly talked about. And I think the only difference with this lock with Lacazette and Luis was I think Luis wasn't really able to show that on the pitch as much was because I don't think he thought Arsenal was his team because it really wasn't. He wasn't here very long. Chelsea was kind of where he uh, put his foot down and where he became kind of the, the man he was. So you know it. It's hard for a leader of a big club to I go felt to the same way club. about I felt the same way about Petacek. I was like the Arsenal yeah. will never be it doesn't matter what you do, yeah. Arsenal will never be your you can be a professional, you can come yeah, here and play well, but you'll never have the emotional connection. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I, I think that that's uh something that was kind of flew under the radar uh when Luis has last season. But I think now you're seeing like, okay, Lacazette is Realizes, okay, this is my team now. Aubameyang's gone. I, Eddie and Keddy is not fucking starting over me. I'm the, the captain. Who's who's behind me? Holding? Who's not playing? They ain't giving the fucking arm to Xhaka. Um, he really had to step up, and he did. You know, and for what he lacks in, I don't want to say physicality because he is physical, but he's just you know sometimes he's just missing that little inch. Um, he makes up for it and just, uh, and I don't mean this negatively. And it's gonna sound really negatively, but he's just. He's the hype man, and he's someone that gets the crowd going. He gets the team going, and you need that I on the pitch. Pick, I did pick up on that, that on in the, the game. He was yeah. looking to the crowd to get up. He pumped the crowd up like three or four times. He's walking times. up to the crowd going, get up, get up yeah. for us. We're still here. Keep going. You know, if, yeah. I have yeah. a fear, Ryan, that if uh, fucking people in the room are going to hate this comment, but if Lacazette goes and if Xhaka goes, that we end up next season with a very – unbalanced spectrum of ages. We end up too far down on the young spectrum of ages. We start looking for leadership from a Kieran Tierney, who's 23, an unpopular opinion. I think KT might not be as good as what we thought he was. I think he's a lot more yep. effort than skill um, and, and could struggle at the, the top, top, top level. And um, I, I think there ends up being a leadership vacuum when you pull these guys out and you can buy players, right? You can buy players. You can go into the market and you can buy players. It's very hard to buy leaders and to buy people who are going to set the tone at training, but not only that, but set the tone with the fans and have people follow them. You know, leaders often you can't buy them. You have to build them. And the reason why you have to build them is they have to buy into what you're pushing. I think it's interesting that and, and again, I'll get trashed on Twitter for this, right? But fuck you. And fuck you, why not sentiment? Because you'll trash me as well. Sure, You're, a miserable, You're a miserable cunt. <laughs> um, I think that Lacazette's two best periods of football for Arsenal were either side of Aubameyang. So before Aubameyang, when Lacazette was bought yeah. as the man, and after Aubameyang left, when Lacazette has been given the captaincy. Now, one of those instances, Lacazette scored goals and scored good goals. And in the other instance, he's, he has struggled for goals. But you can't deny the effort and you can't deny the leadership. It's for that reason, Darren, that still I would offer Lacazette a contract. Maybe not as the guy, but as one of the guys. And we've seen, Darren, that captains don't necessarily need to play. Vermaelen played very little, not one of my favourite captains, but Mertesacker played very yeah. little, was an excellent captain. Okay. Koscielny, uh, injury-stricken and in and out of the team, was still a good captain. Arteta himself, Arteta himself, still a good captain. Darren, at this point, do you think that it is, it would be worthwhile offering Lacazette a contract, if not for his goals, then for his leadership? 
I'm not sure. Uh, thank you for stopping that fucking twenty-minute fucking monologue. You're going to pull me up every time because this is what I do. Well, you so you'll be pulling me up said, the next Darren, you ask, You're going to ask me a question, then you just carry up another five minutes. I put myself back on mute, and then I wait another five minutes, then you throw something in, and I, then you know I'm back. All right. So what was the question? Would I have a lack of set a new contract? See, you could have just said that. Yeah, but Darren, <laughs> then that wouldn't pad out the podcast with. Leading questions and blind alleys. Come on, the only people listening like to tonight are why not on Digi. And why um, not's not even listening. He's just yelling at his fucking keyboard right now saying everything is shit. You know, I wonder, there's a question for why not, and I'll come back to your Lacazette question, but if we were to win the Premier League next season, would why not be one of those Arsenal fans that says, yeah, but we didn't win it with a style that we used to have. You know, and if we win it twice and we, you know, uh, we didn't win it with the, the amount of goals we should have. I just find that some people are glasses are so half empty that, uh, that it's not worth engaging with. Anyway, that's enough. Would I offer Lacazette a new contract? I don't think it's in our hands. I don't think Lacazette will want to sign a new contract. He's become a little bit of the uh, focus of the wrath of the supporters of this, this club. Not through doing too much. He didn't play much last season. He's been a bit player this season. Now he's taken over as Aubameyang has left. You could even tell within our positive crowd last night when he did something wrong, there was a bigger groan than there was for anybody else. His hometown club in France, where he's made his career, where he made his name, is is making overtures to bring him back. I'm not sure that decision is in our hands anymore. I think... Um, he, he will want to leave this football club, sadly, but I think he will. I hope. I hope he will. But what's he going to do? We've talked that we're going to buy a big new striker. Everyone says we need a big 60, 70, 80 million pound striker. So what does Lacazette want to do? Go back to his hometown club and be number one or sit on the bench again for another year? Well, interesting that there on. is a quote from Lacazette saying that he doesn't want to take a step down. I was reading that the other day. It was a quote from him from a couple of months ago. So I read that as he still wants to play Champions League football. You're on mute, Darren. I said his old club are in the Champions League, aren't they? And we're not. Mm. I don't think it's a step down. Yeah, yeah. But I, I find that interesting because I think, you know, prior to us, Lacazette, he had had quite a long career in France. He hadn't been able to get out of France. His links were to Atletico Madrid, you know, re regardless. Darren, regardless of that, I, I want to know your opinion. Would you, do, would you offer him a contract? And second part to that question, do you think we're going to have a really big problem with leadership if we let every single senior player go and, and try and fill the team with with youth leaders, essentially? You watched that game last night. I thought Xhaka was outstanding. And people don't want to call Xhaka outstanding, but he was playing a little bit further forward and he played like he did for Switzerland. The good passes through. There was lots of passes through last night. A lot of the fullbacks tried it. Tierney tried it. Cedric tried it. Little balls over the top. Ben White tried it. And it was hard. There was a bit of wind about. The, the pitch was skiddy. Wolves place in such a compact formation that you have to get that, that pass completely correct for it to work. The only person that was making it work was Jacka. I'm not Jacka's biggest fan. You know, you've listened to me for years. I don't like the way he fell out with the crowd. I've hard to, to fall back in love with him. Every manager likes him. Last night he was outstanding. He is more important than Lacazette. I would, I would keep him oh, there for the Jack next is gone. Of years. Jack I, is gone. Look, don't get me wrong. I still want an upgrade on Jacka, but when you're when you're asking the question, when you're asking the question, do we want to get rid of our experienced players? Lacazette would disappear without too much trouble if he was replaced. Jacka. Like him or love him, I say, I want a replacement. I want an upgrade on Xhaka. Xhaka is still the most important player in that club. He's the one that makes them all tick. He's the one that all the young players look to. When he wasn't playing, when he was suspended against Burnley, that game was a disaster because Sambi Lukonga and whoever played alongside him, can't even remember, it was party, didn't want the ball. Xhaka at least always wants the football. Not my favourite player, would like an upgrade, but I'd be more worried about him leaving than Lacazette. Ryan, I can see your <laughs> okay. erection. I, I can see your erection know. diminishing. I can see the flaccidness now. It's have, well, have you have you say because I know you have very strong feelings about this, and you are someone who 
has not always been a, a play Xhaka down. You've gone, Xhaka is good, Xhaka is bad, Xhaka is good, Xhaka is bad. So where are you on the argument? Xhaka's a fucking cunt. Um, yeah. But I, I, cur- <laughs> I, currently, I currently tied my dick to a pencil. It's it's it's, it's going down. But uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not he, – he played well yesterday. I'm not saying he didn't. I to say just does. ask you, Ryan. Ryan, I'm being really yeah. serious. I watch yeah. every game of Arsenal like you do. Um, and I'm not Jack's biggest fan. Can I just can I confirm that again? I am not Jack's biggest fan. No, I've been yeah. saying for a couple of years I would like an upgrade. But if you watch him, I I've I've spent a lot of the last few weeks watching him because when we missed him, there was something so missing. I'm not Jack's bag. I think he's too slow on the turn to be a good Premier League footballer. Yeah. But against a team last night where we were playing a team who were going to sit back, control and break against us, he was the only one, when he gets the ball, him and Erdegaard, Erdegaard is different gravy. You know, Erdegaard mm. is... We're, we're going to talk about Erdegaard. And better. But, but Xhaka is always available for the ball. And Party has got a little bit of the Walcott about him. He will hide behind someone. Doesn't always want the ball. Always pointing to give it to someone else. Jacker doesn't suffer from that. And I'm not Jacker's biggest fan. The question was about Lacazette, you know, should we offer him another contract because we don't want to get rid of all our experienced players. And for me thinking, if we lose Jacker, we lose a real heart of this club. Hate to say it, but he is that heart. Everyone looks up to him. So I I get it. And I'm not going to sit here and ping, uh, play ping pong back and forth. I, I just I don't agree. Um I think that it's funny. I talk about how like there's no real position for Lacazette, and I feel like if he was a twelfth man, like he'd be so good. I feel like it's because I I feel like Jacques is just an extra, and I'm being a little harsh. I know I feel like Jacques is just that extra player where he's just always in pockets of space. Does he find him? Yeah, I'll give him that credit. He finds space, but he finds space. He's always out. He receives the ball. He knows where to do with it because he's not pressured. Once he gets pressured, he's fucked. And I mm-hmm. think. In the partnership of him and Partey, I, 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 I do believe that Partey does way more than he does. I think Partey, he could carry the ball. He yeah, dribbles. That's, I, that's, I, that's Ryan, fine. That's Ryan, fine. That's fine. Ryan, what? I had Thomas Partey, man of the match I, in this that, game. That's I thought he was, I was spectacular. Go. I thought it was one of his good best game, games for us. I think Partey Let's actually had one about of his over the last 18 months that we've had Thomas Partey. What's that third good game he's had? No, yeah, and, and and that's that's why I'm saying. I'm I, thought saying was, I thought he was good. I thought he was he good was last great. week as well. I just I'll oh, tell you I'll tell you the thing quickly about I'll tell you the thing quickly about party just very quickly. His the ball, his close control is absolutely world class, like Kazola level close control, and his pressure valve. But and the guy who is making that possible, his number one passing lane is Martin Erdegaard. Because Erdegaard sees the ball coming into party under pressure and he has this vision to just go and find the angle, the pocket of space, and party's just opening up and moving it to him. And it's interesting because that's where Xhaka sucks. But I don't think party is as good as a progressive passer as what Xhaka is. I think he's, in some ways, sometimes a little bit Danielson-y, as in he won't lose the ball, but he's not going to do anything spectacular with it. Yeah, and I also think, too, I, I, I... Everyone says that, you know, Partey is the guy that plays in front of the back four. He's the kind of like the last line before the defense. I don't like it there. I think he has way too many jobs to do, and I think that does take a toll on him in, in big games, in fast-paced games. You can't be carrying the ball. You can't be facilitating. You can't be the first line, um, the, the first uh, fucking person who starts to play. Um, I, I, I do think that. Jugger kind of gets away with murder a little bit. Maybe not murder, as I would say it's a stretch, but I think he gets away with a little more um, because I think Party has so much to do. And I think Party actually did a really good job. And that's why, personally, that's why I, I've always been advocating that we sign a center, uh, a defensive midfielder, that we, we can push Party up the pitch. And I think he'd be more valuable to us. And I think, yeah, I, I think Jock is gone. I, I don't really think the players look up to him. I mean, if they do, then cool. I think the the best thing that Jacket does is he's the first one to practice and last one to leave. But you could brown nose all you want. He's not good enough for us. He's not he's not good enough for Arsenal. It doesn't matter if he's good enough for the Premier League or not. Because I don't give a fuck if he's good enough for the Premier League. He's not good enough for Arsenal. It, he we've never finished top four with him in the squad. Um, and there, there's a reason for that. And I think you know he's done a professional job. I think he's hung on. You know when he, when he he was leaving for Rome last summer. He was. 
He was talking about, he was liking Mourinho's post when he got hired, telling the, the Euro uh, crew, like, oh, Rome is great this time of year. I can't wait to go visit. You know, he, he's laying on the lines, and, and we just come on. Come. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's be honest. He dude. did. He, he was gone. Of, listen to me. Listen to me. The amount of shit that he's had from our supporters, I don't blame. I, I am amazed. Deserved. Yeah. yeah. I'm amazed he is still at the club. And if I if I was playing for Arsenal and I got the shit that I got from our supporters, then I would have gone anywhere I fucking could have last year. And if Roma had made an interest, I would have said Mourinho was fucking beautiful and would have shaken. Aaron, for all of the go? good things he's and done, he can't is, take back the red Mourinho cards and he can't to get take him on back the Let me finish, there. Max. Come on. Mourinho was trying to get him on the cheap, okay? And yeah. we wouldn't fall for that. So we pulled him back, in fact, offered him an extension to his contract. And what has he done? He's come back here. He's played as hard as he can. Every Again, the manager has chosen him first choice every week. And, and because cards. we remember the times when he was trying to be a defensive midfielder on his own in a team that was overrun with shit players all throughout and players used to just run at him, turn him and get through and score goals against us, we blame Xhaka. Okay? Xhaka has improved as a player mentally. He's strong. He isn't. I keep saying again, I would love an upgrade on Xhaka because to get yeah. to where I want Arsenal to be, he isn't the player to take us there. But don't give me that we haven't finished in the top four with Xhaka in the side. Look at the shit that's been around him. He captained Switzerland and he was fantastic, magnificent in the summer. Then that same yeah. player comes back to Arsenal, put a load of shit around him and we called him a cunt. Honestly, okay. you've got to start to... Pull he is a cunt. Xhaka <laughs> isn't the answer to our, our, our questions. But let's stand back and look at his performances week after week. He's been very, very good. Of course he's got a Xhaka in him. You know, of course he has. We hate that. We hate the fact that he gets sent off. We hate the fact, the fuck's sake, he gets sent off. He's only got to look at someone he gets sent off. But we call it if only Xhaka did that. I mean, we actually, that's become a phrase in Arsenal terminology. If, if, if that was Xhaka, do you know, because he gets sent off for doing nothing. Just support the man at the moment. He's playing very, very well for our club. Very, very well for our club. And there is no one, no one in our squad to replace him. And be thankful that round, he's still committed. Let me round off the Xhaka argument. I think that people who think he's amazing are wrong. I think that people think he is shit are wrong. I think that he is a decent player with some strong attributes, some strong leadership attributes. He has some personality flaws and he has some technicality and physicality flaws. That does not make him a bad player. I'll go back to what Darren said. Would I like an upgrade? Yes. Would I drop him out of this team this year? No. We play better when he plays in there with party. I was someone who was saying at the start of the year, after seeing two minutes of Sambi Lakonga, Play Laconga, play Laconga, play Laconga. But it hasn't worked for us. Do I think Xhaka is the guy? Absolutely not. And I've said do this I really think, quick. Do I've I think Ryan? He's a squad player. I would love if he if he's wanted yeah. to be a squad player. I'm okay and with this. This is what I'm getting at, Ryan. Say. He does do not want to be a squad player. We would be stronger across four competitions next year if we bought in someone right. new and we retained Xhaka. Yes. I would love to bring in someone new and say, Go and be better than Xhaka. Go yeah. and dethrone him. You know, that's the way I think we have to be looking at Arsenal. And, Can I you just know, DWTT, you just questioned me on what I said there when I said that Xhaka does nothing and he gets sent off. Look, I didn't say he always does nothing. I'm saying generally over the years, you know, it, whatever he does, he seems to get a booking or a sending off for. Sometimes he's a fucking liability. I'm not... Look, we all watch football. I'm just saying at the moment, he's the best that we've got in that position. I look. I would and DWTT. I, nice to see you back. I would resign to to round this conversation off. I wouldn't be in a hurry to push Xhaka out of the door while still getting another midfielder next season. If Xhaka wants to stay, I wouldn't have an issue with him being part of the squad. But I'd like to have a better high level option than him. And I still think that Lacazette could hold a position in this team because I think it's going to be very difficult to go into the transfer window next year. If you let Xhaka go, you've got to bring in two quality midfielders. And if you let Lacazette go, you've got to bring in two quality strikers. And that could be difficult to do in an aggressive market. Um, boys, talking about maligned players, uh, I think that we've seen a slightly different Nicola Pepe. Um, I'm someone who has always been a very big fan of what Nicola Pepe does in the box 
and not a fan of what Nicola Pepe does outside of the box. I think he's, I'm on record as saying, I think he is the best pure finisher in the club. And Ryan, you've seen something different since he's come back from AFCON, bit of different body language. It's a very good finish. No, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Um, I know Arteta has kind of spoken his praise uh, since he came back from AFCON. He said he's a different player and that's awesome. Uh, Cause we, de- I definitely want Arteta to buy into Pepe. I'm not saying I want Arteta to play Pepe week in, week out, and be in the starting 11. Um, but I want Arteta to be confident in all the players that he has on the on the team. Because I don't think Pepe is going to get sold in the summer, nor do I want him to get sold. Um, I've said this again on multiple multiple you know, shows, Twitter spaces. Pepe's biggest problem was he was bought for so much money. Uh, you know, I, I think he's a great player. I think he could definitely be of good use to us if – if Pepe doesn't see his own price tag, I think he could really be an asset for us. I mean, as you saw right here, a goal and assist in a very important, vital game for top four. Uh, I, you know, it's going to be tough getting getting minutes uh, from Saka, from ESR, from Martinelli. But next season, when we're in Champions League, you have Champions League, you have the FA Cup, you have the League Cup. Pepe's going to be getting some minutes. And let's not forget the last time we were in a, in a Euro competition, we were in Europa. Again, I say this like it's the biggest fucking trophy there is. It's not. But Pepe was man of the fucking group stage. I don't know. Is that what you would say? But yeah, he, was yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. he was the best player out of all the teams of group stages. So I definitely think there's use for him. I just hope that Arteta doesn't see the price tag and Pepe himself doesn't see the price tag because he could definitely be of use to us, but he's never going to be the price tag. I think it'll be on Pepe. I think it'll be on Pepe, Ryan, because I I think Arsenal can't get the 80 million back. And I I was reading the other day, it won't actually end up being 80 million because there were certain clauses in there that got it up to 80 million. I think it was game time, goals, things like Mm -hmm. that. There were add-ons. But Darren, talking about squads, you know, there's a place for Pepe in this squad, surely. And re- throwing him into the pile as another replacement for next season to maybe grab what forty million off him? Surely it, it's better to try and integrate him and use him because Darren, surely you agree he does offer us something that that no one else in the squad does. I don't see why you would want to try and sell him. We're never going to recoup that money. He's a real talent. Yeah. He's just not a complete player. You know, we, he's a luxury player. He's a, he's a player when you're playing well and you want to break down the defence, you can have him. Uh, and he works hard now at trying to get back and be right back and, and do that defensive capability. But, but it's just not natural to him. It's just not natural. He's a luxury player. I love him. I think he's, um, you know, he's, he played, look, Saka, look, we're all fans of Saka because he's a Howland boy. Saka's been pretty off the last two or three games. He's, he's, he's still produced enough for us to say, fuck me, Saka's great. He's got a great goal. But his general contribution hasn't been very good. Pepe comes yeah. on for 20 minutes and his contribution won us the game. Uh, so I, I think we absolutely should keep him. I think he's a great player, he's a great talent. And he's getting better. I mean, that's the key. I mean, I know he hasn't played first choice. He was sort of forced into being first choice when he was 70 million quid. Now Arteta's sort of dumped him in the in the second, you know, on the bench. Now he can bring him on. He's working his way back into the team. He has now earned himself a start. You know, next time there's an opportunity, he will play. Anyway, carry on. Um, look, I was I was really impressed with his output. You know, is he a good tackler? <laughs> no. But in this game, I noticed that he tracked back. He tracked back and missed his fucking man. And Wolves nearly got a goal from it because he isn't a defensive player. He's getting better, but though. The if effort was there he, and the mentality three, was there. four months when he was told to track back, he was he'd never been told to do it in his whole football career. He yep. was a centre forward who had been put as a winger, who was just told to sit on the shoulder of, of the the defenders, and to run onto a ball. When he came under, was it Emery? When 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 he had to come back and defend, mm. he, he just wasn't there. It, it wasn't part of his game. He's getting better. He's got. Do you know what Arteta's got out of him? The intention to come back. <laughs> do you know, he's still learning his trade, but you can see him tearing down the field trying and I don't know if I heard this correctly I only caught the end of a news report talking about Arsenal he, he had his first kid um, or he had a child born that yeah. night and he told Arteta I want to be part of the team I want to come and help do you know that's not the fancy fucking fancy pants multi-million pound player that we got used to at Arsenal that's somebody who wants to come and be part of the team I my understanding it. from what I've I've read about Pepe Darren is he's actually the opposite 
He's not a fancy pants player. He's not arrogant. He's very shy, very humble, struggled to integrate with his personality because he's very quiet. There was reports saying that people didn't know it within the team. They didn't know what he did before training or where he went after training. Um, so look, either way, guys, Pepe playing well is only a good thing for Arsenal because yes. Pepe playing poorly, we couldn't fucking sell him. Pepe playing well, we either can sell him or we can keep him, we can integrate him. And Champions League or Europa League next year, wherever we sit, there's a fucking ton of games to be played. Plus the Cups, which we're out of this season. You know, we haven't gone particularly deep this season anyway. I think there's so much room, there's so much space. I'll tell you another interesting thing as well, Darren. I'd be really interested to have a look at Pepe with Tommy Asu behind him. Yeah, because yeah. Pepe at his worst had fucking Bellerin behind him who couldn't tackle a brown paper bag, who was so far advanced. He came on in this game in a back three where we were charging forward and that was maybe a little Interesting exposed match. Interesting well. match. You know, those combinations are really good. Tierney hasn't been this good this year because he's had um, good players ahead of him. I mean, I know that sounds a little bit uh, um, the wrong way round, but... When Tierney was just told to throw forward because there was no one in front of him, he was great. He was running down that line and he was crossing balls in when he had Willian there or someone. And now he's got Smith-Rowe or Martinelli. There's no no chemistry whatsoever on that side at all. And Tierney is not such a good player. Um, so what you're talking about down the right-hand side, you know, Tommy Yasu, um, it's the same. That that was the chemistry. That is the chemistry missing. If Arsenal's good, now Tierney is asked to sit back and play a little bit deeper. But there's no chemistry there. You know, they, they, Tierney doesn't want to find Martinelli. They just, they just don't. I look at, look at them every week and think, why doesn't Tierney pass in the ball? And I think Bellerin, when Pepe was in front of me, Bellerin always played back. He didn't want to give the ball to Pepe. Strange how those, those little partnerships aren't working at the moment. Mm. And when they do work, that makes the difference in this Arsenal side. Well, one guy who I think is... And I don't want to use terminology like overrated because I think his ceiling is so high, but he seems to get a pass and high marks in, in every game that he plays is Gabriel Martinelli. I thought he was crap in this game. I thought he was a big reason why things broke down. I've said before, he, he reminds me of 16, 17 year old Ronaldo where it's all there but it's one too many stepovers, one too many cutbacks, one too many attempts. I thought in this game he had opportunities to find Erdegaard with little passes in the box twice. Erdegaard screamed at him. Uh, this isn't confirmed, but someone else who was at the game told me that, that Erdegaard made a signal to the bench after the one where Martinelli uh, tried to take it on his instep and then blast it wide, that Erdegaard made a signal to the bench to sub. And he thought, oh, Erdegaard's got a problem, but it was possibly Erdegaard saying to Arteta, can we do something different oh, here? Shit. <laughs> so it's not confirmed. As someone who was at the game told me, so breaking news seen on Twitter. I haven't seen anything on Twitter about it. But, you know, I'm not... I've actually felt that when ESR is played in that channel, because you then have KT overlapping and ESR becomes an inside forward. I, I think that we look more dangerous with ESR there. I think we play better than we play with Martinelli. Is Martinelli a more exciting player? Well, yeah, quite possibly. Max, I know it's very easy just to, to you know, and we, we don't know. We all pick our favourite formations. Martinelli has been outstanding for weeks. That's why he kept Emil Smith-Rowe out the side. He's been outstanding. The goals he scored, his first touch, his speed. I know that one. Alexis just joined in. Um, his, his, uh, his, his pace, everything. What did I say? Sack, Alexa. <laughs> but, you know, his pace and everything, he's been outstanding. He has kept Emil Smith-Rowe out. We, Martinelli's been so good. And then, of course, he gets sent off. We, we, we sustain that, that challenge from Wolves away from home. He then has to miss a game that we play really well against Brentford. Not outstanding, but we all played really well. And if... Emil Smith-Rowe had been fit, I think Martinelli would have probably missed out on that game, you know, but he got his game back. He just did look, He tried, it wasn't a perfect performance from Martinelli, but there's still enough within him. It starts saying, oh, Pepe's had a bad game, he shouldn't be playing. Martinelli, that was his first under-par performance in probably five games. Give him I a think, break. I think Football he has, human, I think you know, he has moments. Form. When they're all on form, we will beat any team in the world. 
like yeah. we did with Manchester and City. I, and and I love Martinelli. Darren, I love him. I'm not slagging him off. I'm what just I'm saying that about is I think form. that Arsenal... Yeah, I think you know, that Arsenal fans... Players go in and out of form. Yeah. Smith-Rowe was wasn't was playing very well. Saka isn't playing very well. Martinelli played very well, was now no longer playing well. You know, the, these players are in that Erdegaard. First two months of the season wasn't very good. He's now the best player in our team. You know, form comes and goes, you know? I was more talking, Darren, about how the fans seem to have preconceptions of players and they seem to look at certain players and certain things that players do and they're quite willing to overlook their flaws because they love that player so much. Whereas what you said, you know, whether they have preconceptions about Xhaka, preconceptions, preconceptions about Cedric, who was brilliant. No one pulled up in this game that... Um, Gabriel, centre-back Gabriel, had an absolute fucking stinker and looked every bit the square-shouldered and mobile player that we were worried about last because year. Because he's got enough in the bank. Yeah, yeah, and they've got runs on the board. But I think that when we're being analytical and when we're looking at games, just because someone has been good doesn't mean that we shouldn't look at their performance and say that that performance was poor. And the same as players who have been poor you know, Rob Holding comes into the team and as soon as Rob Holding walks onto the pitch, our fans are already out to get him. Yep. They're almost willing They're almost willing him to fuck up because it fits their narrative. You know, and I think That's that when good. we... Go- no, I don't see that so much with Holding because I feel like he's more one of our players that hasn't had that much of a run in, in the side. And when he came on against um, uh, Wolves when we were down, great substitution again by Arteta, there was a lot of support for him. I think now that he's not the front line... And he's a support that comes in. He's an El Nenny. You know, I don't see the the hatred there at all. I think he's a, he's a well liked member of the. Squad. I think it's more on social media because I definitely see on social media talking about how holding so bad, holding this. Oh, here comes holding. I see it everywhere, and I don't. And, and I, I I go about this at nauseum talking about El Nenny. Like we have players that are just squad players. They're they're not going to make the eleven. They're going to be paid peanuts and they're going to love to play the badge, play for the bad. And that's on Nenny. That's going to be Rob Holding. I think Rob Holding is a solid player. Is he going to start for us in the Champions League final? No. Is he going to start for us probably in the Champions League knockout stage? No. But he's a guy that's going to, you know, like a Pepe, kind of, uh, like an El Nenny. He needs minutes. He's useful in certain situations. He was very useful for us in that game, with in uh, the game against Wolves. And, you know, it, it's. I just don't understand why I, – I don't I don't understand how people think that we're going to have, like, Messi and Mbappe come off the bench. Like, that's it, just – it's not realistic. It's not going to happen. You need players that just – I don't want to say that just aren't good enough, but you need players that just, you know, can get paid very little money, play for the badge, put in solid performances. Like, you know, and, and, and someone who's showing that right now is Cedric, someone who – I even said when I think what he got his first start was the first Wolves game when everyone was like, he's going to fuck us. We're going to lose and it's going to somehow be Cedric's fault. So everyone was saying, I was like, I don't want to give him that much. I don't want to give him that much credit. Uh, I think he'll have an okay performance, but he, I, I don't agree. I, I, I don't think he's even going to be a right, uh, backup right back for us. I think we can definitely do better. Well, he's proved me wrong and he's proved a lot of other supporters wrong. And we just need to get, you know, so we need to get to where we want to go, but we're going to have to carry these players that are just going to come in, do a couple of minutes. Ryan, it's the FIFA generation and it's the Manchester City generation. No, but, yeah, I know. You know, pe- people think that somehow you can, I mean, essentially your squad players, you have to be turning over because you buy a squad player and you say to that squad player, I need you to come in and challenge this player. If that squad player can't dethrone that that guy sometimes within a year, within 18 months, He's going to be looking for a move because everyone wants to be the main guy. You you wouldn't be a professional footballer if you didn't want to be the main guy. And this is why well, yeah. you know, this is why your bench and your squad generally is either built of guys who are starting to come off their peak or guys who are youth players who are starting to come towards their peak. This is why that's the way your your bench is generally built. Because you're key 11, to it we know is winning this. football matches, Max. The key to it is winning football matches. All coaches, whether you're playing FIFA in the fourth division or you're playing Champions League football at the highest level, is you listen to somebody as good as Pep Guardiola who says he wants two players in every position 
and he wants them fighting for it. The thing is, when that team is winning and, and dominating and playing well, the number two has no choice but to say, fuck me, they're good, they're winning. You know, you've got two players fighting for every position. Arteta, I think, aims to get to that situation. He's just brought in a new goalkeeper. He brought in a new left back. He, you know, we got rid of a few left backs. He's brought in Tavares as left back. He's brought in a new goalkeeper that will place Bert Leno. If you listen to the goalkeeper's credentials, he hasn't come here to sit in the reserves. Um, you know, he's he's a top American goalkeeper. You know, he's 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 at the top of American um, soccer. So he's he's come to Arsenal because he wants to play first team football. And I think once when the team's winning. You know, you can't say anything. But as soon as you lose some games, then you can change. And I think we're getting there. You know, at the right, we've got Saka or Pepe. You know, at the left, we've got Emil Smith-Rowe or Martinelli. Um, you know, we, when, once we get, uh, you know, the the um, what's the, the guy we've had on loan for three years at Central, who we paid a fortune Saliba. For? Saliba. Once Saliba comes back, you've got competition there. We'll have Tavares at left-back and we've got Cedric and Tommy Yasu at right-back. Obviously, where we're missing is we haven't got any strikers. And I mean any, I'm being you know disrespectful for Lacazette, but we haven't got any strikers. So we're, we're building there. Remember, this is a project. We're a lot ahead of where we thought we would be at the start of the season. We're playing really well. The team spirit's great. The crowd is really behind it. Remember, this isn't a team that's going to win the Champions League. This is a team we're trying to build to get back at the top table so we can compete for the Champions League. Is that not fair, Ryan? You look at me like I'm an idiot. No, no, I'm laughing at Max. I just realized he's the dad. I like, yeah. I heard the baby's crying. Yeah, that's and that's an oxymoron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why. That's why I'm feeling. No, I, I, uh, I completely agree with you. Um, yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really. I don't really have anything to add other than yeah, it's dead on. Um, I think. I think. I think Darren. Yeah. Darren put this argument together a few weeks ago, and it's it's definitely changed the way that I perceive football and. The argument they put together, the Oracle, the great man himself. Thank you. He said, I think everyone's trying to build a squad to win the Champions League without thinking that, first of all, we have to build a squad to get into the Champions League and that this is a staged process. And I mean, and that comes down to your ability to attract players without Champions League, which means you have to massively overpay for those players if you are going to attract them without Champions League. Um, so I think it's a staged process. And if and when we do make Champions League this year, I think we'll be ahead of the curve. I think we'll, we, we will be a season faster than what I certainly expected us to be, to be getting back up there. And it's about how we then execute the deals to be able to build the team to start taking us up to the next level. Guys, we've done an hour, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to close it up. Um, that game was as excited as I've been at an Arsenal game. And I didn't think that it was an amazing performance, but emotionally, Arsenal took me for a ride. And I think that's something that's really important as an Arsenal fan. I have not woken up the entire neighbourhood since Welbeck's header against Leicester when I thought we'd won the league. That was oh. the last time I was that excited. Valentine's and it's Day. for those reasons that we are... Oh, Victoria was so fucking mad. I ran in, jumped on the bed and started screaming... That guy, Daddy. I love it. He's <laughs> my Valentine. Yeah. But well, I think Max, it's. Max, I don't want to spoil these, your monologue, but it was these... that wonderful feeling. That that goal. Uh, yeah, it uh, was. That goal for all us. Do you know what I said right at the very start when I came on? That that we deserved that, and I don't mean the players. I mean we, the supporters, yeah, yeah. deserve that. It's these that. reasons, and it's these games that we are fans for. You know, I, I see people say things like. You know, oh, it was a snatch and grab. Fuck you, I love a snatch and grab. My favourite games this season have been going down to 10 men and holding on for a draw, going down to 10 men and winning. There are different ways to enjoy your football, and I would implore the Arsenal fans, instead of trying to find problems and find holes and find negativity, to get on board and start enjoying the fact that we are on an upwards trajectory. Better days are going to come. So keep with the programme. You know, if you don't want to use terms like process and stuff like that, don't use terms like process, but stick with it. Stick with the football club because we have a very, very exciting cohort of younger players. And guess what? Next year, this is the scary thing. Saka will be better. ESR will be better. Erdegaard will be better. Ramsdale will be better. Tommy Asu will be better. And the Aspros will be here to bask in all of the glory while Darren, no doubt, next year proclaims that the first show of the season 
We are going to win the Champions League and the Premier League. We will see you next week. We're trying to get podcasts out. Shit's happening all over the place. And I, for once, Darren, for the first time in a long time, I'm going to click the right button. I'm going to click the right button, Darren. <laughs> I'll see. This has been a Friday ass. We'll see you next week. an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter at The Ask Brothers. Get all our content on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and SoundCloud at Ask Bros. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button.